discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified. Now, let's come to the church. How do we live together with this love the Bible is talking about? Let me show the kingdom life. We are now in the kingdom of love. So everything we do, we breathe love, we speak love, we think love. Remember, love is not a feeling. It's, a, it's an act of the will. Yeah. Let me show you what happened in type. In the days of Noah, something happened. God made Noah make an ark. And every animal was taken into the ark. Praise God. Every animal, all sorts of animals, domestic animals, herbivores, carnivores, those who were ferocious, birds, every kind of animal was taken into the ark. And the ark, God himself closed the ark. And the judgment came upon the world. The only creatures who escaped the judgment were the aquatics. Because it was their, the judgment was their natural habitat. <laughs> You know, someone said that that is why in the new heaven and in the new earth, there will be no more sea. <laughs> now, listen, they entered into the ark. Question, the question is this. How did all these animals, how could they all live together? Because the lion was with the lamb. Animals that prayed, they, hmm, the wild animals, the other animals they prayed on, they were together with them, yet there was peace. <laughs> so the tiger, the leopard, the goat, the sheep, the lambs were all together and there was perfect peace. <laughs> the antelope, the zebra, the giraffe, all sort of animals. And there was no fighting. There was perfect peace. Absolute peace. In that small kingdom. And they were inside. The snake was not hurting. They were all there. Praise God. Until they got into the new land. Do you know how Peter interpreted the act? When Peter was, Peter was preaching, he said that in his writing, referring to Noah's act, by which also he went and preached to the spirit in prison, that's Jesus which were sometime disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, wherein few souls, that is to say eight, were saved by water. Verse 21. Have I mentioned it? First Peter 3, verse 19, 20, 21. The like figure. Where unto baptism also doth now save us. The like figure. Verse 21. The word like figure is the word antitupon. Where we get the word the antitype. The antitype. Where now the Noah's ark went through baptism. You see the ark, eh? <laughs> it went through the water like this and came out. And it was a photo album of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Yeah. For information, the same day the ark sat on the mountain is the same day Christ rose from the dead. That's the same exact date. Yeah. The ark sat on mountain Ararat. Ararat. On the same day, I don't have time. The same day Christ was raised from the was risen from the dead. Another, another time we'll talk about it. And the Mount Ararat is two words. Ar is the word for case. Ararat is the word reverse. So where the ark sat, the case was reversed. When Christ was, was risen from the dead, the case was reversed. So you see how the eight were in the ark, and the ark went through baptism. So the ark is Christ. When he was dying, we were in him. So he suffered the judgment. The rain hit the ark, never touched. It was watertight. It never touched anyone who was in the ark. So Christ took our judgment and we were in him because we died in him. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we're baptized. So he said Christ is the antitype. He's a real substance of the ark. The ark was just a shadow. 
It was just a shadowy resemblance, but the real substance is Christ Himself. So today in Christ, hallelujah, hallelujah. the like figure, the antitype, we're onto baptism. So we have been baptized in Christ and with Him. Praise God. So now, now that we are in Christ, brethren, you know what it means. In the kingdom of Christ, in the ark, we have all sorts of, in the Bible, animals represent human behaviors. Now, it's true in the Bible. Let me show you in the Bible, in the book of Acts chapter 10. Now, Peter had a vision. And from verse 9, Acts 10 from verse 9, on the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten. And while they made ready, he fell into a trance. And so heaven opened, and a certain vessel descended unto him, as it had been a great sheet net at four corners and let down to the earth. Wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Arise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have not, I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And a voice spake unto him again the second time, What God has cleansed, call not thou common. This was done thrice, and the vessel was received up again to heaven. Now while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, three men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon which was sending Peter were lodged there. While Peter thought of this vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, Three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get it down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Now, what he saw was just manifesting by the three men because he was just pondering. <laughs> and the Lord just spoke to him. What he saw, he was wondering, what should this mean? It was just manifesting. You see, he saw in Leviticus 11, there are some animals that were named, creatures, that shouldn't be eaten by a Jew. It was abominable. Now Peter saw in vision these same creatures that in the law of Moses he is not supposed to eat. Come down. And God says, kill and eat. And he told God, no, 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 no. How can I do that? And God says, what I have cleansed, don't call common. Now it represented the Gentiles. These animals represented the Gentiles who have all sorts of behaviors. Behavior and personality types. Behavioral tendencies and different temperaments. Some are wild, some are fierce, some are mild. So he said, arise, kill and eat. Because for the first time, this was when the door to the Gentile world was opened. And he knew these Gentiles were fierce. God said, kill and eat. So the vision was prophetic. It was symbolic. So he went to the house of Cornelius. He, that was the interpretation of kill and eat. Because eating is a symbol of fellowship. You see, eat is fellowship. Have fellowship with them. Don't reject them because I have cleansed them. Because God was in Christ reconciling the word unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So we don't have to call them common because he has cleansed. Now he's not saying God has cleansed and, and, and <laughs> the cleansing is not animals. No, God has cleansed men. <laughs> it's symbolic. Hallelujah. So in the ark we had, let's see, the lion. The lion represents, it's a, it's a personality type. Those who are choleric in nature, very choleric, fierce, they can be very domineering and they are quick tempered, easily irritated, though they have powerful leadership qualities. Yet, their leadership qualities are very powerful, yet there's also negative tendencies. That personality type, they can be very domineering and they are also quick tempered, controlling, domineering. They were in the ark. I'm telling you the sort of people we are to live with in the house of God. <laughs> because the ark is the church, it's Christ, his body. We are in him. We are in him. Then we have other, we have other domestic animals that are well mannered. And they're also in the church. Then we have 
the monkey. They are very sweet, full of activity. Excited. They might like the sanguine. <laughs> so they, they can just swing. That's how they also have mood swings. <laughs> they are all amongst us. You know what? Listen, spiritually, our spirit, we are saved. But remember, we are still being transformed. So we still carry our human natural tendencies with us. So in a church life, there will be lions amongst us. And there will be monkeys amongst us. And we need to learn to live with them in the same ark. Where are you going? Where, are you, where, where do you want to run to? <laughs> we have the giraffes among us. They can see afar, but they are very reserved and they are always behind. Yeah. <laughs> Melancholic. <laughs> we have the ants amongst us. They are very detailed. Very, very. How do you call it? Yeah. But they can be very discouraged. Like though the ants can be very weak. But they can also accomplish something great. So these animal types. Now, God Peter saw creeping, creeping things though. God says killing it. He saw the snake. They represent those who are very deceptive amongst us. Deception. They can deceive you. They are cunning. They are crafty. Yet they are in the church. But should you run away from them? He said, no. Eat. Kill and eat. Have fellowship with them. Be one with them. <laughs> and he saw all manner of beds. Peter saw the sheet. There are unclean beds. But he said, God says he has cleansed. That means all these people I'm talking about, they have been cleansed. They are holy in the sight of God. But what is it, their natural tendencies? How do we live with them in the same ark? What about the chimney swift? Now there's a bed called the chimney swift. Now the chimney swift is a, they, they, they always chat, chattering, chatter. They always, it's, the chimney swift is, is, is a bed that's, it's a symbol of gossip. Gossip. So there are some among us, characteristically, they are like the chimney swift. They're always gossiping. Hey, hmm. Pastor, hmm. have you heard? Every day, have you heard? <laughs> so, what do we do with the chimney swift among us? <laughs> you have to die with them, you have to love them. There is the hawk. In the Bible, the hawk is unclean. <laughs> the hawk is a symbolic of murmuring. Murmuring. And I do so always murmuring and complaining. Actually, the pastor said we should fast. Abai. Abai. We should fast again. Abai. All this. Oh. The pastor cried. Ah. Hmm. I'm not sure it's our offerings. <laughs> you see, what do you, what do you do with them if you are sitting close to a hawk? Someone who manifests the tendencies of a, of a hawk. That's a personality type. Should you suck the person? You have to love. How about a falcon? The falcon is a bird that will easily con you. Falcon. <laughs> there are people who are cunning, but they are in the church. Some years ago, there was a certain we used to pray. This guy, when he, he's, he comes to pray with us, he, he, his voice, he can shout beyond all of us. Almost like he was the most spiritual among all of us. Because when he's traveling, his voice can, he can scream like the sound of many waters. So one day, I was in a certain community. I was leading, leading a fellowship there. And he came there. I didn't know he was there. I was so happy. I heard he was there. Later on, so I heard his voice. He was praying in one of the flats. And the whole huge flat, every, everyone could hear the voice. So we're wondering, who is this? Not knowing that the shouting was just a cover-up. Apparently, one of my daughters in the ministry, we've been teaching the word. 
He had caught her and he was using a, a, a scripture in Isaiah to persuade her to sleep with her. So we think it was a shout. You will say, what minute this shout? He was kind in prayer. But it was a means to an end. So the way the lady escaped, come and tell me. And I said, what scripture did he use? And he used it. I forgot a long time. A certain verse in Isaiah. Can you imagine? And she was almost convinced because of the guy's power in fervency. Fervency. This guy is powerful. I was thinking, if I allow him, anointed sperm will enter into me. <laughs> Falcon can deceive you right now. So all these bits in the Old Testament, they represent personality types. Even the dark. The dark. The dark represents people. The dark, they're always moving together. They represent those who follow themselves instead of following the Lord. <laughs> the chicken, roosting like the chicken, they also gather together. You know why they roost? They seek protection among themselves instead of seeking protection from the Lord. How about the geese? The geese know what they do? They hunt for bugs, B-U-G-S. They hunt together for bugs. And it's a description of those who seek for provision from men instead of leaning on God for supply. And those, this last group, a lot are in the church. You know, <laughs> there was this church when they were doing seed sowing. They used to do fundraising. And when they mention amount, all the rich men will never stand up. So I used to ask, why are they not standing up to go? I know they can give. Later on, I found out that the rich men were afraid to stand up to the front because if you make a mistake to stand up after the service, a lot of people will come for loan money from you. So what do you do with these people? Someone will just target you. Maybe you share a nice testimony of, of how God, how God has blessed your life. <laughs> After the testimony, they just bring all their problems to you. What do you do? You have to love them. <laughs> and you know, and they will come again the next week. It will shock you. The following week they will come again. And you feel like you feel like. <laughs> Then you give to this person and help the person. The next time the person will come. It's like the person, you are his budget. <laughs> it's not the Lord is looking at you. Whatever you exhort about the Lord, he doesn't care. You are his Lord. There are people like that, I'm telling you. So what do you do? Why am I saying all of this? Because of our natural tendencies, personality types. Now, our spirit is very born, but our minds are not transformed totally yet. So all these natural traits and tendencies can be amongst us. So what should be your response as a believer? In the act, they, they were peaceful. Love. Now I'm showing you the kind of people you, have to, you are going to love. People who are not lovable and people you don't feel like loving. Someone said that love is when those who don't see eye to eye Walk hand in hand. <laughs> Those who don't see eye to eye, they learn to walk hand in hand. Hallelujah. Remember in Colossians 3 verse 11, Bible speaks of what we are in Christ Jesus. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, so there is no race. Circumcision, uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, you see, bond nor free, slave or free. So these verses tell us that there is no bond, there is no free. There is no racism in, in Christ, in the church. So, Evers are here, Fantis are here. No. And there is no classism, social status. Sometimes those who have kind of status have learned to work together. It's wrong. And national identities, all of these things are all wrong. Hallelujah. Praise God. So now, in the church, Philadelphia, there's a reason I said all of this. Most of the times our love is merely human. Because if our love is divine, we have to love all this, these personality types I've mentioned. Love will go through offenses. It will go through hate. But that doesn't mean you should stop, stop church. Or get hardened.
Praise God. Can I get two people here? Let me just illustrate something quickly. Two people. Now, to descend the Lord's body, let's say this is Christ. And this is this is who? <laughs> this is Pastor Alex. Okay. Now, you know what it means to design the lost body? Now, you cannot say, oh, I love Christ. I love Jesus. But, when I come to Pastor Alex, um, I'm trying to love him. That means you don't understand the lost body. You don't understand. Now, to design the lost body means that if you love Christ, you love him as Christ. If you love Christ, you love him as Christ. You know why? It is tautology to say, it is wrong to say, I love Christ, but I don't love him. You don't, you don't, you don't know him because he is his body. That, that's him. <laughs> He's his body. Sorry. That's him. That's him. He's his body. Or can you say that? Oh, I love that lady. You meet a lady. I love you so much. I want to marry your head, but I don't want to marry your body. <laughs> I love your face, but not your body. So I want to marry your head, your face, but not your body. Can you say, oh, how I love your face? I want to marry you because I love your face. But I don't want to marry your body. I don't love your body. Can you say that? It's, it's weird. That is how weird it is by saying, I love Christ, but not loving your brother. You are not designing the body because this is his body. This is the head. <laughs> this is his body. So how can you love the head and not love the body? No. It is one unit. Uh-huh. So your proof, listen, the proof that you love Christ is how you are loving your brother. It is not higher than that. It's not higher than that. <laughs> it will shock you. <laughs> it's not higher than that. It may seem higher because you are speaking in big tongues, but in practicality, <laughs> yeah, because that because that you are his body. So how? What's the difference? <laughs> loving you is loving him. So how much I love him is demonstrated in how much I love you. So that means that what you do for Christ, you have to do for him. In as much as you have done this to the least of one of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. <laughs> now that you, are, you have heard what I'm saying, you have doubt excuse. <laughs> it's better if you have not heard it. <laughs> yeah. So you are doing it for him as though you are doing it for him. Because when you are doing it for him, that's his body. That's him. That's his body. That's him. So it's the same. Thank you very much, Christ. <laughs> the head and the body. Hallelujah. Please come again, man of God. Look at this handsome man of God. Now, look at the, the part of his body, his members. Are they at war with each other? Is the eye fighting against the nose? Is the nose fighting against the mouth? Is the ear fighting against the hand? So the members of this body are totally at peace with each other. So it is absurd if we are fighting each other. Because we are members of the same body. That's how absurd it is. So the Bible says, let the peace of God rule in your heart. To the which ye are called to the same body and be thankful. Colossians 3 verse 15. So if we are fighting with each other, something terribly is wrong somewhere. Because that's not the natural nature, the law in the life of the body. Thank you, man of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 25. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 25. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Hmm. Hallelujah. This is very important. We should have care for one another. Care. 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 Our care level must rise. Sometimes we are in the church, but it's like neighborhood without brotherhood. Yeah. It's like community without communion. 
Okay. Okay. Listen, how many of you have, have had toothache before? Now, if you have toothache, assuming you have toothache, and the rest of the members of your body say, all right, that's you, that's up to you. That's your problem, fix it. After us, we don't care. We don't really care what, what, what you're experiencing. That's your problem, fix it. It's not our business. It's never like that. When you have toothache, your whole body is suffering. It affects your whole body. Listen, that's what the Bible says. If one member suffers, all the members suffer. If one member rejoices, all the members rejoices. That's how intimate the life of the church should be. And God has given us a local church as an expression of the reality of this life. So that you are in the church. Do you know that if you are in the church and always you always see this brother or sister come to church one month, two months, three months, the same dress. The same dress. You always see it, but you pass by. God will hold you responsible for it. There is a reason God has made you see it and others have not seen it. Why did God make made you see it? Because God wants you to be, to be blessed. You are the member that must care for that part of the body. That's how you should be. That's how the life of the body should be. Can I hear a believing amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. You are in a church, but you realize that ah, someone, this brother is not smiling. The whole service, the way he smiles every Sunday, this time it has reduced. What do you do? Don't let him or her go after church. Go and open your heart. If there is love, it will be easy to share our problems because we know it will stay. We know that after sharing our problems, we know here it on Sunny FM. <laughs> you see? You know how the church lead. You know what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 8? He that guarded much had nothing over. If he, got, he that guarded, guarded less had no luck, it referred to the manner. He that guarded much, he that guarded little, had no luck. And he that guarded much, had nothing. You know what happens? There's a reason why you are in a church, you are prospered, but others are not prospering. If you are in a church and some are rich, but others are always not prospering for a while, there's a problem. The care level is low. Do you know that sometimes God knows you are in need? So God, God knows you are in need. So God will add the solution to his need. Now, God is giving you, let's say, 5,000 Ghana this man. But God knows his need, that he needs 2,000. So God will not give you 7,000. Because God has put his 2,000 in your 5,000. And God is watching to see what you would do. It happens. <laughs> a woman called me four days ago. Some few years ago, I went to, I had a retreat in the Western region. So when I was ending the retreat, God showed me a face, the face of a woman. And the woman was familiar. I had seen that face, but it was 16 years earlier. And I didn't know where she was staying. I have just finished leaving Taddy to Accra and I saw that face. So I went to that area I knew she was. And I, I met her. 16 years, I met her. So I didn't know why God showed me. God didn't say anything. So when I met her, she, not knowing she was hungry to death and was praying for, her, for relief. And when I was going, I just put money in an envelope. So when I gave it to her, it was, it was more than a revival. So she called me three days ago to tell me that, oh, she needed money. But she was and they were going through tough time. And then she shy to tell me. You know my answer? I said, Mommy, never be shy. God knew your need. And God puts the solution. God added the solution to your need. He gave it to me. So whenever you are in need, don't be shy. Please call me. Now, it can say it by revelation. Yeah, because I just I, I knew it. So in the church. We should be sensitive to each other's need. Remember, people will take you for granted. But that's, it. that's why I, I took my time to talk about people take it for granted. But does that mean you shouldn't walk in love? Listen, when you walk in love, people take it for granted. 
<laughs> when you work in love, oh, they will take advantage of you. But you don't give up and say, mm, I will not do that again. That's human love. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> That's human love. <laughs> so they should be care. I like what Watchmani did. Watchmani, blessed memory. You know what he did? Watchmani had some brothers. When he's going to buy seed, he doesn't, he needs one, but he buy 12. And he will just distribute. Praise God. So sometimes when you're going to buy a shoe, you have to just, just buy more shoes. So you can distribute to some of the brethren in the church. Yeah. And you, you there's a seamstress around you. And there are some sisters who just, just get their measurement and bless them. That is how the church life originally was. It's the word that has changed us. The multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. And neither said any of them of the things which they possessed was their own. But they had one thing common. And great grace gave the great power gave the apostles. With the, no, let's read so that you know it's in the Bible. Acts chapter 4 verse 32. Let's see. This is the life. The multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. The whole crowd were of one heart. Go back, Brethren, we can all be of one heart. Neither, now, let's read another version. King James is too heavy. Amplified or something. Now, the company of believers was of one heart and soul. And not one of them claimed that anything which he possessed was exclusively his own. But everything they had was in common and for the use of all. Wow. So if you have a seat, it's for all. If I have a seat, that's how it was in the beginning. But now the world mistrusts. <laughs> and look at the results. Look at the result. What happened after that? And with great power, the word is dunamis, ability and power, the apostles delivered their testimony to the resurrection. And great grace was upon them all. So this oneness releases great power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hebrews 13 verse 1. Hebrews 13 verse 1. Let bodily love continue. Now, the Bible says let bodily love. Let. Say let. Yes. It is imperative. In the Greek it is imperative. That means it is a command. There are command, commandments in the New Testament, but it's different from, it's not a ten commandment. It's different from the Old Testament commandments. It's imperative. It's, it's instructive. It's, it's, it's a commandment. Something you are instructed to do. Let. Let. But it's a commandment of life. The New Testament commandments are of life. You know? It's not like the Old Testament. It's like you are hungry and you are commanded to eat. It's like you are feeling sleepy, you are tired, and you are commanded to sleep. Why? Because the thing is already in you. So when the Bible says, let bodily love, bodily love continue, it means that it is already in you. Love is already in you. So you can do it. So let brotherly love continue. Let. Now, in the Greek, it is in a reflexive voice. And it's, it, is, it goes like this. You yourself. You, you yourself, let it happen. So it's your own responsibility to work in love. Make it happen. Hallelujah. Don't wait for the other party. They may never respond. You initiate love. Let Philadelphia continue. You know why the word continue is here? Because you see, when the church begins, normally when it is small, love is so powerful. There's love, there is harmony. But somewhere along the way, offenses come in. Enviness, jealousies, backbitings. So many things come in. So, so that how the love began is no longer as it was. Now Paul is saying, you let it continue. Brethren, the love we began with, it must continue and grow. Praise God. Now the word continue has different meanings in the Greek. One of the meanings means to survive the test. Let your brotherly love survive the test. Hallelujah. May your love survive the test. For instance, you, you've heard this message and you are working in, you've decided to work in love. Remember, it should be tested. Then you came and realized that those you love, we had some wild gossip about you. They've gossiped against you. They've, 
backbitings and I mean, that thing hurt you. You go like, all right. <laughs> that is it. I'm not going to get close to them again. <laughs> so your love couldn't continue. Your friendship, your fondness, one another, it should never stop. One another. The Bible says, let that friendship, let it continue. It must survive different tests. Now, this, it's not a joke, oh. We'll come there. <laughs> Praise God. Hmm. The Bible says that in Ephesians 6.24, let's see what it says. Now, I like it in Amplified Version. Ephesians 6.24. Yeah. Grace, God's undeserved favor, be with all of you, all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with undying and incorruptible love. King James says sincere love, but the Greek says incorruptible love. So your love should not be corrupted. That's what it means. Now, your love must continue. If it doesn't continue, it can be corrupted. You know how your love can be corrupted? It can be corrupted. For instance, let me give an example. This church, you are all in love with one another. Just, you know when, when corruption can, can set in? When love degenerating to last. The brothers and sisters are wonderfully serving God. But all of a sudden, huh, begin to eye each other some way. So instead of loving their souls, we now love their bodies. <laughs> what a change. <laughs> no, it, sh- it must be guarded. So the Bible says your love must not be corrupted. Hallelujah. That's when God entrusts the brothers with sisters that keep them. Before you realize, when lust comes in, it corrupts relationships. Lust actually corrupts relationships. Yeah. If you have you, you, you are a good friend, a lady, and then you allow lust to set in, the tendencies are that the relationship will not last. It's purity. As God has ordained, now we are all together. Before we realize, this one is sleeping with this one. This one is sleeping with this one. This one is secretly, secretly sleeping here and there. Now the flesh comes in. Satan set in. Praise God. So it it becomes corrupted. Satan would bring that because he doesn't that kind of love. He doesn't want it. So he will persuade things. He will just come in. Praise God. So you need salt in your love. Say salt. Do you know that in Leviticus chapter 2, there was something called a grain offering. The grain offering, King James call it the meat offering or the meal offering. But properly, it is called the grain or the cereal offering. In Hebrew, it is the gift offering. And in that offering, they, they take a, Moses would take fine flour. Which represents the very human life of Christ. It's fine flour, not fine. Flour speaks of humanity, but our humanity is not fine. But Jesus' humanity is fine. So he used fine flour. Then in the fine flour, he adds salt. There must be salt in your relationship. The salt kills gems. Salt eliminates what? Corruption. And it preserves. When the word of God has its place in a relationship, it is preserved. We can love ourselves. He says, greet one another with holy kiss. We can love, that's a fondness. But the salt of the covenant preserves it. Preserves it. So it is not corrupted. We love each other, but it doesn't degenerate into envy and jealousy. When one is blessed and the other is not. It doesn't mean God has forsaken you. Uh-huh. We don't envy how can I envy the nose? It's not correct. And in the male offering, God says no honey should be added. There's no honey. But there must be frankincense. There's no honey. There must be no honey in our relationships. You know why? Honey is sweet. But it ferments. Honey is sweet, but if, if it comes under pressure or heat, it becomes poisonous. 
There are some relationships that are so, there are some people when, I know you have such an experience in life. You had this friend, within a few days, the friend was like, this is it. It was like, this is it. Those guys are so sweet to be with. They'll make you laugh. They go like, they make you happy. They are the real friends. But after a while, they are as poisonous as the wormwood. So when we have a relationship that is striving, later on it becomes poisonous, then it is honey. It is sweet but dangerous. Don't be sweet yet dangerous. The love shouldn't, shouldn't be like that. Praise God. It shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't be like that. Hallelujah. Let Philadelphia continue. So what will you do if someone curses you? No, the word curse in the Greek means to speak down. The word bless is the word to speak well. So if I speak down, oh, don't mind him, he can't do it. That guy, he's good for nothing, he can't. Oh, that guy, am I actually cursing you? But if I speak well of you, oh, he's good, he's well able, I'm blessing you. But if you hear someone saying something ill about you, what should you do? What will you do? Don't say, don't mind him. His ministry is going nowhere. Don't say that. Jesus says, bless those who curse you. You know why? You know how, why? In the Bible, Hebrews 7, 8, and without all, con- all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. If someone curses you and you bless the person, <laughs> you're always higher than the person. Spiritually, you're always higher. The less is blessed of the better. You see, you take his place in the spirit. You are blessing him. That means you are better off. So God blesses you with blessings he can never resist or he can never match. Praise God. The Bible says when someone speaks against you, bless a person because you are called to inherit a blessing. First Peter 3 verse 9. Hallelujah. The reason why Brotherly love of Philadelphia cannot continue is because one of the reasons is because of the word fault finding. Fault finding. Because you see, when we live it with each other, because we are human beings, there are human faults, shortcomings. Is that not so? So the tendencies are that we'll see ourselves in our weaknesses and in our faults. So when you've done something wrong, anytime I see you, I think of the wrong. So I treat you in the light of that wrong. If we do that, hmm, I've seen churches so they just come together together to pray, but their hearts are not one. They are just together, but they have things against themselves. And when we do that, the glory of God will not manifest. The glory cloud. It is when our hearts are knit as one, we will see visible, tangible manifestation of God's glory. Brethren. You are seeing someone as a lion, this leader. This guy there is domineering too much. And he is also seeing you as a chimney swift. This is gossip. So now, you see, when you see people in their faults, they see you in your fault. And nobody, <laughs> you see, and that's how, it's, it's a, like a chain reaction. Whilst you are seeing a fault, he's also seeing a fault. You know how Jesus put it? You are correcting your brother saying there is a speck in your eye. But you first remove the timber, one person said, the timber in your own eye. The beam or the timber. And timber or beam in the Bible wood is a symbol of humanity. Humanity. You are seeing his, his human fault. But Jesus is saying there's a greater human fault in you. So deal, deal with your own human fault. So if we see each other in, in, in our fault and shun of others, some way. Praise God. Now, if we see ourselves in our fault, you know what it means? It means we don't believe that Jesus has forgotten our sins and past fault. Because it says, your sins and iniquities will I remember them again no more. So, if you believe that he doesn't remember, then we we should try not to remember what others have done against us. If you have truly forgiven, when you remember, there wouldn't be any hurt attached to it. But you know where love reigns supreme? Now, do you know that God knows all your mistakes? 
true or false? Now, the Bible says that Jeremiah 31 verse 3, I have loved thee with everlasting love. You know what it means? Now, assuming you are going to be 100 years on earth, God has already loved you in that 100 years and beyond because his love is eternal. He has already loved you. So God's love for you has already spanned the length of eternity. So he has loved your tomorrow in view of all your mistakes. So he knows your, the, your mistakes in full scales, but, but, but he has loved you. That's real love. Hallelujah. So love is at its best when you know the fault, the weaknesses, the mistake of another, yet you choose to love the person. Will you do that? You know it, but you choose to love. God, God knows your mistakes, your, your, even your, your shortcomings tomorrow, even your sins tomorrow, he knows it, yet he has loved you forever. He has loved you with everlasting love. That's how we ought to love, because that's how we have been loved. Praise God. Remember that the tabernacle had 48 boards. They were wooden boards, speaking of humanity, but they were all covered with gold, and they were fixed together with gold. That's deity, the divine life. Though we are human, yet we fit together with gold. You see, let me, I see you in Christ. I don't see you in your humanity. Other than that, we cannot function. Because people have problems. They will break your heart. But after breaking your heart, you see them in Christ. What a life. Other than that, God cannot even entrust us with more members and mega church. Mega church, God is giving you more creeping, creeping creatures. <laughs> More chimney swifts, more falcons, <laughs> more of the fierce animals, more snakes, more. <laughs> they are coming, mega church. Yeah. But it is for the perfecting of the saint. Hallelujah. Yeah. We hold our hands. When I'm praying, Marco Robert, I see each other in Christ. Make a battle. Because you. You are seeing the imperfections. Know that you are also imperfect. And as you are seeing the imperfections, someone also sees your imperfection in, in full gloom. <laughs> so, we see each other in Christ and you love as Christ. This is what we are commanded to do. We can't pretend these problems are not there. They are there. But we have to love. Christians find it difficult to love. I've seen people who are not... Who, Loggerheads, they are not talking for about 30 years. They refuse to talk to each other. And they are all having prayer meetings separately. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? It's not good. Hallelujah. Third John 1 verse 14. Third John 1 verse 14. But I trust I shall shortly see you. And we shall speak face to face. Peace be to thee. Our friends salute thee. Greet the friends by name. Hallelujah. Now John says, greet the friends by name. Very important. He didn't say greet the friends. Friends. Brethren, let's be friends. Friends, all of us. He says, greet them by name. Have you ever read Romans 16 before? Let's see Romans 16. Let's see what is there. Let me start from verse 5. Likewise, good the church that is in their house, salute the well-beloved Epinitus, who is the first fruit of Achaia unto Christ. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. Salute Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Greet Amplias, my beloved in the Lord. Salute Eubain, our helper in Christ, and Stucky is my beloved. That doesn't mean Paul had a beloved. That's not it. <laughs> Salute. Apelles, approved in Christ. Sal you see what he's doing? He could have said, Salute the church for me. But he's mentioning names. Have you read John chapter 10, from verses 3 and 4? The shepherd, he collect his sheep by name. Now he wants the bond of affection to be so strong amongst us that we know we should know our names. You see, you are not a face in a crowd. God calls you by name. And that's the kind of bond 
and warmth and cordiality that God wants it to exist among us. Now let me do a test. Okay. Please stand up. Please, are you in this are you in this church? Are you in this church? Are you in this church? Do you know her name? Please stand up. Do you know her name? Okay. What's your name? Betty. Please, what's your name? I beg you. So, know her name. The Bible says, greet her friends by name. Now, this is a small church. You should all know yourselves. All know yourselves. Hallelujah. And that kind of, the real family affection should be in the church, but it's taken away. Do you know that when the church was ordained, the kind of love and affection should be stronger than our family unit? It should be, but the world has influenced the church so much. But do you know that you can begin, begin in this ministry? And it can, it can come to pass. And you can have it done. And it will be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, you are your brother's keeper. God holds you responsible. People don't know. Let me show you something. Now, in the body, do you know that the teeth? Halabashak. Say halabashakata. Why are you speaking my tongues? <laughs> do you know that your teeth is five times stronger than steel? But it is the only member of the body that cannot heal itself. <laughs> and the body of Christ is a mystery. There are some people amongst us, they are so, they are so strong. But when you are in problem, until you pray for them, they can never be delivered by themselves. They can never deliver themselves. So God holds you responsible for their restoration. Now, do you know that you may be in a church and may see someone in crisis. The person is in crisis, but God may hold you responsible for the person's crisis. Meanwhile, you may th- say, ah, but I have no idea about it. That's how the body works. Himala Mashakata. Do you know that if your liver is not functioning well, it's put, pres- it's put pressure on the kidney. And if the kidney is not functioning properly, it's put pressure on the heart. Because the heart must overwork itself to compensate the loss. So the heart has a problem, but you are tracing it through the kidney to the liver. So someone has a problem, but God is holding responsible. Meanwhile, it has no connection with you. But God was holding you responsible because he wanted you to be praying for the church at such and such a time, and your refusal caused it. The church life, we are a body. It's amazing. <laughs> how it's yeah your rejoinest encounter Jesus told him that the cost of abortion in the world he, he holds the church responsible the cost of it is lack of evangelism because the church has aborted her spiritual seed <laughs> it's amazing and you may see your pastor going through challenges God may hold you responsible so if I see something happening around me I, my first response to start praying all you know, hmm, do I know if God is holding me responsible? Yeah, maybe I should have been praying for the person or something. Or if someone's gift is not operating well, someone is not in the ministry, you criticize, oh, Pastor Paul, his marital problems is keeping him. Hmm, he passed his marriage. The way his wife spoke against him that day, I know, I know he's fighting the house. I know his wife is whipping him. But. <laughs> Do you know why your eye can move up and down? You see the eye, oh, the eye is nice. It moves up and down. Because there are muscles with their fibers that hold the eye in place. Why the eye can move up and down? There are those who have eyes like you and me, as if they are watching, but they can see nothing. Because the optical nerve, which is a conductor, which transmits information from the eye to the brain, is not functioning. So you see the eye, the person is seeing you, but I can't see anything. The problem is not the eye. The problem is that there is a certain nerve, the optic nerve, that is not functioning 
to transmit or conduct information from the eye to the brain. So God is holding that responsible for the eye not seeing. It's not the problem of the eye. So the reason your pastor is not preaching may be your problem because you have refused to pray for him. The reason your man of God is not prophesying is his mouth is shut and his eyes cannot see visions again is because you are not supplying the life. Especially when we are in a local church. Don't think you can escape. Someone's problem is your problem. The Bible says if one member suffers, all of us suffers. So if you see someone in problem, quickly, instead of gossiping, start praying. Lord, Lord, start praying. Start praying, I'm telling you. For the person. If someone is not well, start declaring health. In your capacity, what you can do to help as the Spirit releases you, do it. Hallelujah. Yeah. That is how, on that day, we'll start before the Lord and we'll be shocked. Ah, Lord, this had nothing to do with me. Yeah. Listen, if the body is weak, because the body is not eating, because the hand had decided, decided not, not to take, the hand made a decision not to take the jollof rice to put into the mouth. The mouth is ready to eat. The, the teeth is ready to perform its function. But the hand becomes the cause of the weakness of the body because the hand didn't, you see where the problem is coming from. So you are somewhere, a living member of the body sitting somewhere. When God treasures everything, you can be the source of the problem of the rest of the people. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. So brethren, let's care for each other and pray for each other. And finally, you know how we can love? By knowing how the Lord has loved us. Lord, his love. you cannot transmit love until you have known love, you have been loved yourself. You cannot communicate love until, until you have received love. Love is not a self-generated effort. Love is a reaction. We love because he first loved us. First John 4, 19. King James says, we love him. In the manuscript, there is no him. We love both God and man. We love because he first loved us. Hallelujah. Remember in Revelation chapter 2 to the church of Ephesus, know what happened to them? Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left your first love. He didn't say you have lost your first love. You lose something, you don't know where to find it. But you left a pen on the table, you can go back to the table to pick the pen. But if, if, if you have left the first love, you can go for where you left it. Praise God. And what is first love? It's protos, protos agape. The word first is protos, where we get the word prototype. And prototype is the blueprint the model, like uh, Mr. Bushy, these powerful cars, when they first designed the original model, the first model, and the rest is a duplication of the prototype. So, you have less, left your proto, protos agape. You have less, left the original blueprint, the first model. You know the first love? Loving like Christ loved you. Because he is the first model. He showed you what love is. So, it means you treat others like the way he treats you. There are some people in life, eh, when you see them, they never smile. They're always frowning. When you talk to them, you realize that, oh, they are not actually angry like that. Too. <laughs> when you go for evangelism and you see someone who is, has squeezed the face, the, the person's face alone will distract you from, or deter you from coming to the person. But when you say, can I share the gospel? Oh, why not? Because, see, they've not been loved. They were never smiled at. So to smile back is difficult. But if you have, you have been loved, we can easily give love. Jesus has loved us. Many are not walking in love because they have not explored the death of his love for us. Listen, in all these, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. If you know how much he has loved you, you will emerge a more than a conqueror. For the love of Christ constrained us because we have judged. Not the love for Christ. The love of Christ has constrained. The more you know his love, you'll be constrained. There are some things you can never do. <laughs> and to know the love of Christ that passeth knowledge, that ye might, may be filled with all the fullness of God. If you know the love of Christ, not the love for Christ, the love of Christ that passeth knowledge, the more you know it, the more you are filled with all the fullness of God. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 
not love for the father, the love of the father. He has not known how much the father loves him. So you have to just you just have to know how much he loves you. The more you know it, you love others crazily. Listen, the fact that we are not loving well is just a direct correspondence to how much we know he loves us. Now you may know it theoretically, but not practically. How you are loving others is your personal revelation of how much Christ has loved you. How you love others is your is the direct corresponding revelation of what you think Christ's love is towards you. But he loves you. Listen, Peter, Peter boasted. He said, Lord, do all of these deny you. I'm ready to even die with you and to go to prison with you. Then Jesus said, Simon, Simon. Whenever he messes up, Jesus calls him Simon. That means one who is uncertain. Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. You know wheat? The winnowing process. The, the food is taken from the chaff. Satan wanted, Peter was a chaff. Wanted to take Peter from Jesus. To sift him from Jesus. He has desired. Luke 22 verse 31. Satan has asked to sift you like wheat. That's the word. I asked who? In the Greek he has asked on legal grounds. To sift you as wheat. Satan had authority. Why? Because he boasted in the flesh. Whenever he gets into the flesh, where Satan is God, he has legal authority to do whatever he wants to do. That's why when you step out of love to gossip, gossip, you are in his realm. He can put anything on you. <laughs> then Jesus said, but I have prayed for thee. When thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. And Peter went and denied him thrice and sat by fire warming himself. And by a little girl, a young lady, he denied Christ. And the cock crew thrice. There's something there that whenever I read, it moves me. So when the cock crew, Peter was convicted. The Bible said Jesus turned. You know where Jesus was? At that time, Jesus was facing Caiaphas, the high priest, and the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin is official court. Religious judgment. He was being judged, so he was standing before them. And they were judging him. And a cock crew. So, it was a far a distance away. You enter the garden. The gates are opened. You get to the house of Caiaphas. Now, they were in the house of Caiaphas. So, it's a quiet distance. But because the gate was open, you can see from afar. So, Peter was from afar warming himself. And he denied the Lord. And the cock crew. Jesus was being judged. When the cock crew, he turned away from them. And saw Peter. Know why you saw Peter? Actions speak louder than words. He's saying, Don't run away. I'm still, I'm still here for you. You are being judged. They are sentencing you to death. You are not caring about what you are going to go through. Don't you care about your life? The crucifixion. Think of Jesus. He turned from them as if he what, what he was concerned with was Peter being in the faith. He loved Peter. He turned. What they were doing there, a great crowd. He just it's just nothing to him. He just turned to see Peter. Hallelujah. It's a love. That's how much he loves Peter. Do you know that still Peter was still some way? Do you know that when he died and Jesus rose up, he gave instruction to the angel and told the angel, When the woman come, give them a message to my disciples, but mention Peter's name. Jesus told the angel to mention Peter's name. So in, in Mark 16 verse 7, he said, go tell my disciples and Peter. Peter was a disciple. But he said, go tell my disciples and Peter. Why? Because Peter was still feeling guilty. Hallelujah. And Jesus, now Jesus met him personally to restore him all. In 1 Corinthians 15, the Bible says he appeared to save us. One on one. No, but no, there's nothing spoken about what happened. He restored him personally. Then later on, he restored him openly. He stood at the seashore. This time around, Peter saw him. John said, it is the Lord. Peter ran. John couldn't beat Peter this time. Now, when the Lord rose up, when they were running, Peter, beat John. Peter started running, but John beat Peter. Because Peter was running with guilty feet. But when the Lord had met him personally to restore him, and when the Lord appeared at the shore, this time around, they all ran, but John couldn't beat Peter because he had been restored. <laughs> and when they went, Jesus, Jesus had made a coal of fire and was roasting fish. And there was bread. And they sat by the coal of fire. 
You know why? Peter denied Jesus by a coal of fire. Anytime Peter sees a coal of fire, he is reminded of the guilt. For full restoration, there was another coal of fire. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mr. Yeah. Mayor learned his lesson not to boast. So he said, Do you love me more than this? Do you agape me, Peter? He said, Lord, no, 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 not at all. I, I just, I just, I'm just a friend. They are, they are learned not to boast. <laughs> what am I saying? God loves us so much that the thing is that you read books about those who have gone to heaven. That's what they say. If we had known, if we had known that this is how it was, would have loved as much as we didn't know. Would have honored each other more than if we read the final question. They are so amazed that if we had known this on earth, would have loved and honored each other. But we don't want to get to heaven and go like, ah, how you are in heaven, you wish like your wish is like to come down and hug everyone and live well and this is our time yeah the greatest reward is in love those who love praise god so brethren let philadelphia continue hallelujah the lord spoke to me said philadelphia now what i'm saying had it's divisional no i don't just come i saw in a vision philadelphia i said lord what do you have for them said philadelphia so but I, want, I, I wanted you to know the challenges that come when we decide to love so that you can over, override it so that the love will not be short-lived sometimes when we're in a worship and we're all the emotions rise up we all we love each other but not too long offenses will come but that love must survive every test praise God that from now I want you to start forgiving each other from your heart whoever has offended you forgive and you'll be relieved from all Torturous in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.